Welcome to the Niagara Sports Hub, where we'll spend 15 minutes talking NFL football and other topical sports with Mike Fisher of Sports Illustrated and Cowboy Nation. This season is sponsored by Niagara, the industry leader in high-performance, high-efficiency toilets for professional contractors like you. Learn more at NiagaraSportsHub.com. I am going to start calling you the Sports Messiah. You uh, Last time we had you on, you said the Dallas Cowboys offense was potent and was capable of winning 10 games uh, offense alone. And you said spectacular. Dak was looking great. I put him in my fantasy team, and uh, he kicked ass. We got to talk about last night's game. I think if it wasn't for that offensive PI, I think they might have had it. What do you think? Uh, first of all, if you win your fantasy league, is it a money league? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm doing it with Tim, and he's too cheap to put in money. So, yeah, we. Okay. I'm in a big money league, though, and I've got Amari Cooper and Zerline. Although, as I saw on Facebook somewhere this morning, Zerline kicked himself after the game, and of course, he missed. So, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> Dak was Dak Tastic, no doubt about it. Yeah. And if you're a Cowboy fan, you don't want to have to do that every week. He had, he had 58 pass attempts. Yeah, but um, it wasn't like they needed to do that. They, I think that was the game plan to, to pass on the outside and get those uh, corners yeah. involved. But uh, and, it, and it worked. Yeah. Uh, except for Greg the Leg, who laid an egg. That's a little poem <laughs> that I just made it, up. It is. It is. <laughs> With you and Dr. Seuss. <laughs> yeah. Greg Zerline and Dr. Seuss. And Zerline, after the game, who obviously had been doing this for a long time and had been a Pro Bowl kicker and all that, said, it, it's my fault. He goes, oh, you know, those guys are busting their butts out there. And then I, you know, miss a field goal, miss an extra point, and then miss another field goal. Uh, and McCarthy said, you know, when asked, why did you kick the 60-yard attempt, mm-hmm. uh, which seemed ill-advised, yep. all things considered, he said, well, I, you know, I have faith in my kicker. Mm. I don't. No. I, I, I don't have faith in my kicker. In fact, I almost, over the course of 38 years of covering the NFL, and of course, like you guys, watching it since we were babies, I almost don't have faith in any kicker. Yeah, uh, I, I hate to I hate to put it on the shoulders of the guy who just missed an extra point, and and it's too bad because otherwise the other thing that we predicted last week was that the Cowboys are a team that's going to be able to snap their fingers and score thirty. Yeah. So we talk a lot about uh, and and America's talking a lot about boy that Tampa Bay defense is tough. It's not. I mean, I guess it's tough. Yeah. But they basically gave up thirty three points. Yeah. Except for the two missed kicks. What? So. Yeah, we we missed our thirty prediction by one. You had uh, you know faith in the kicker, but the kick before that was like Ray Finkel kick, and it went like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I I have faith in Dak Prescott, and that's something that we've kind of detailed here. And so, if you're a follower of this program, you're not surprised. Mm-hmm. Again, fifty eight pass attempts that that's not ideal. Although your point is a good one, it, it was obviously designed to go that way mm-hmm. uh, this time against this team. They. Probably, I wouldn't think, won't do the same thing next time around. I did think it was interesting. Before the game, I saw that odds makers, at least one sports book, had Ezekiel Elliott's over-under rushing with 54 yards. And I'm like, I'd bet $10,000 on that, yeah. except, for, except for I don't have $10,000. But that just seemed like easy money. Zeke's 50 yards? What did he and end up with? The odds makers knew something, yeah. as they often do, because he... He wasn't. He didn't do anything as a ball carrier. He was terrific as a pass blocker. I mean, he did his job, yeah. 
But once, as I always say, don't bet against the odds makers because you will end up living under a bridge in a cardboard box. Yeah, follow the money. Zeke, yeah. 11 rushes, 33 yards. Not his finest hour. Although I will look at the other side of the ball, that 45-year-old young guy named Tom Brady, yeah. is he ever going to age out of the league? There, there's some guys, uh, in, and not just in sports, in sports, in business, in politics, whatever, that there is something very special about him. And obviously, you, you guys can relate to Michael Jordan. I think that's the first guy that comes to mind. He's just a different guy. Um, and some of it is the mythology that comes after you win. And then we write these retrofit stories. Then he, then he wins again five more times. Mm-hmm. And, and then he wins with Nike and he wins in life. And you're kind of thinking, this is, this is a different guy. And I, and I think Magic Johnson is probably that. Everything Magic to- Johnson touches turns to gold. I think Tiger Woods in so many ways is that. The downside to Tiger Woods, if, and I'm, I'm sure you guys and the, you, the listener, know some of this story. You know, his dad built him to do this, mm-hmm. but his dad probably didn't build him to cope with some other things that come up in life besides golf. Um, but Tiger Woods is a seems like a special, unique human. My, I think my guy Michael Irvin is like that, and then clearly Tom Brady is that. Tom Brady at age forty four. It's not even just physical. Uh, it's not just mental. It's not just emotional. It's aura. He he just has it uh, at a level that maybe nobody in the history of football can match. Yeah. Well, watching last night, that final drive, or most of the drives, it's like he's been there, he's done that 10,000 yeah. times. It's just repetitive. It's robotic almost. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about I believe in my kicker, that's fine. Believing in Tom Brady is the easiest thing in sports. Mm-hmm. Just just almost assuming that the right thing is going to get done. And when you have that and your teammates have that in you, um, it makes it a lot easier to succeed because you just you feel like, as you say, well, I'll give you the old Jimmy Johnson story. OK, so Jimmy Johnson, who was obviously a psychology major, as I think most people know now, and a, a masterful psychologist as a football coach, he goes in front of his team. I think this is the second Super Bowl in 93 and we're in Atlanta and he gives a speech to his team and he gets a two by four up on the stage and he gets a couple of 300 pound fellas to come up on the stage. And he says, walk across this two by four, walk down the two by four, which obviously they do. And he says, now imagine the two by four is a thousand feet in the air suspended between two buildings. It's the same walk. It's the same two by four. You could do the same thing, meaning practice, games, Super Bowl, big stage. It's all the same two by four. That, that's, that's pretty brilliant. If you can convince your brain to believe that when Tom Brady's your quarterback, everything's a simple two by four. We just walk down the two by four. He makes it look that easy. Hey, have you, is uh, there a moral victory from last night for Cowboy fans? I I say, yes. If you, there were eight, eight point underdogs, Dan Orlovsky, who you guys know, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, NFC North. Yeah. Cover the Packers. Detroit Lions. Right. Um, Is on ESPN. and, And he's starting to kind of pull a skip Bayless where he's realizing the way to make the most money, the fastest, is to be outrageous. And it's too bad because Dan Orlovsky, he played pro football, looks good, smart guy, um, but he's becoming kind of silly. And he predicted that the Cowboys were going to get, the term he used is mud hold. They're going to get mud hold. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. Is that an old country phrase? I don't even know what that means. I don't know. Uh, 
I'm a city boy, so I assume it's the same. It's the country version of getting curb stomped. You know what that is, right? They weren't going to get mud holed and curb stomped. The Cowboys aren't a joke. Uh, In fact, as it turns out, in that situation, in that building, Super Bowl champions, people in the stands for the first time there having a Super Bowl party, and the Bucs bring back all 22 of their starters from a year ago. The last time a team did that and won the Super Bowl the second straight year was the Steelers 42 years ago. Wow. So this doesn't happen very often, the way they've done it. And for the Cowboys to go in there and go toe-to-toe and head-to-head with that team, yes, I I think that is an encouraging moral victory. You know, I was watching the NFL Network prior to the game and Michael Irvin was on and I guess he has this stuffed dog, the champ, the dog. Have you seen this? He's got a dog and it's like an emotional support dog because when they say, oh, you know, when they they make the picks, they're like, are you choosing with your heart or your head? And he chose the Bucks, but he he took out this dog. I am an Irvin guy, obviously. I've got a lot of people at NFL Network that I'm friends with. Uh, Ian Rappaport and Jane Slater and on and on and on. But I must say, for me, it's kind of like Hard Knocks. I hate to admit this, but like I haven't even watched the last episode of Hard Knocks because what what I discovered in it was there's nothing in there that I didn't really already know. And so I'm trying to find something to educate me, uh, you know, so I could be be better at my job or be more entertained. And no, the answer to your question is the NFL Network <laughs> stuffed animal does not help me do my job. So I am not familiar with it. <laughs> no, I know. Poor, poor Michael. He is entertaining on that show, though. He's a force of nature. He's an, an incredible guy, mm-hmm. Irvin. And he's on the new show with, uh, well, he's on with uh, Smith now on yeah. ESPN. So, so here's the story on that. ESPN calls Irvin and says, we'd like to have you do five, five days a week, Monday through Friday in the mornings. And I was talking to him about it and he goes, you know, he goes, it's flattering. He goes, I get these calls a lot. I'm not trying to brag, but he says, but I do. He says, and I'm lucky to be in a financial position where I turn them down. I, I don't want to travel. I don't want to go. I don't want to live in Bristol. I don't want to, um, you know, every Saturday, you know what he does. He does travel on Saturdays. He goes to autograph shows mm-hmm. and makes a fortune. Goes Saturday morning, he flies to New Jersey. Saturday afternoon, flies back with a big bag of money, and then he hands it to his wife, Sandy. And so he doesn't have to do that stuff. So he told he ter- told ESPN no. Then Stephen A. Smith called him personally and said, how about Mondays? Could you just do Mondays? He goes, Stephen A. told him, "It'll this will be the biggest, best NFL postgame show in TV history. And he might be right because the Cowboys are so polarizing one way or the other. Irvin is such a passionate pro-Cowboy guy. And Stephen is so good at pretending that he's anti-Cowboy because he's pretending. He doesn't care one way. He, first of all, these same as Skip being pro-Cowboy. They couldn't tell you who the Cowboys' offensive line is. They don't know. They, they know Dak. And I'm trying to think of who else they really know. Zeke. They know Dak and they know Zeke. So it's all quite fake. But if you involve Michael Irvin in it, it's not fake anymore because his passion and his talent is very real. John, your team, the Chicago Bears, play my favorite team, the L.A. Rams, ah. Sunday night TV. Yep. Who do you have, JP? Well, you talk about mud hold. <laughs> I think the Bears are going to get spanked. I mean, not even close, but you never know. You never know. That's why they play the games. But... uh I don't have they a get good... to see Matt Stafford again. Yeah. 
You guys have seen a lot of Stafford over the years, but I think you might see a different one here. I was just yeah. going to say, he's going to be a different Matt Stafford, unleashed and put up some big numbers, I think, against yeah. the Bears. Their coach, Sean McVay, understands how to work with quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, I thought he he made the decision of the of the summer in the NFL by saying, I am not ever, as long as I'm with the Rams, never, ever, ever am I playing Matthew Stafford in a preseason game. And in fact, they barely played, I don't think they played any of their important guys in any preseason game. Jalen Ramsey at cornerback, um, Aaron Donald at defensive tackle, all, all that group. They just they just sat over there in, in, in golf shirts where they should be. Your quarterback situation is fascinating. The kid is like doing a really, doing Andy Dalton a real solid by saying, you know, we're in competition, but we're friends. We're on the same team. It, it's it's really smooth what he's doing, and I, I love Andy Dalton's a, a wonderful guy, um, but you do get the sense that the first time he throws an interception at home, yeah. he's going to get booed so lustily that there will start to be pressure to make a change. Yeah, we're going to take a quick time out here before we get into our next topic. I want to remind the listeners that take a chance, go to NagraSportsHub.com, register to win a Traeger Grill, perfect for your weekend tailgate or backyard barbecue I, I like your question tim about uh 9-11 it's coming up it's actually tomorrow do you have a story about that uh mike or do you remember where you were when when that happened you know i think we all probably do uh have a story and and have a memory certainly going to new york now which i do once a year it still is different mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm a, I'm a movie guy uh and when you watch a movie and New York, the skyline looks like it used to look. It's haunting. And then I remember the day specifically because I was hosting a radio show up and, and the radio station was on the 13th floor of a skyscraper in Dallas. For years, I was a, you know, like every other fake macho guy. I, I'm never getting sick. I'm always, I'm not taking a sick day. I would, you know, I would used to drive through snowstorms to get to Broncos practice uh, foolishly. And for the first time ever, this time I'm like, you know, somebody is doing something to skyscrapers in America. Why in the world would I go to downtown Dallas and go sit on top of a skyscraper? So it, it might have been the first day I ever called in sick, uh, only it was obviously much more than sick. So I, I stayed home and stayed a little petrified and was glad that I uh, decided for one time and one time only not to go to work in the skyscraper. Mm-hmm. Well, John, you and I have talked about this on multiple podcasts, but over the last week or so, I've you've seen on TV and heard on the radio all these remembrances of 9-11, and as we're coming up on the 20th anniversary tomorrow, we talk about how sports played an integral part of kind of our comeback and our, and our mental uh, fragility and how we became fans all over again, not just of the red, white, and blue but of your teams. And I remember the Mets playing the Braves and the Yankees playing. And of course, the Yankees playing in the World Series that year and George Bush throwing out that first pitch in game three. Um, so, you know, sports definitely plays an integral part in our in our our mental makeup. Well, it's a way for us to be communal, for one thing. And, and of course, COVID did this to us, too, last year, where we were just we, we're just starving. Mm-hmm. Those of us who are invested in sports, I mean, we were watching, you know, 1979 tennis tournaments on TV just to just to have a sport. You know what I was watching? Um, 
They had cornhole tournaments. There you go. <laughs> Woo! Fantastic. Oh my god. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, and, and and so you know that that was taken away from us, uh, and and in many ways is still being taken away from us now. And then yeah, back to twenty years ago where you know it became a bonding experience, and and that's kind of a shame that it takes something like that. You know, it's true like uh, in wars too, or it used to be anyway. You know, America's involved in a war. We're all on the same team. Maybe we would never be that way again. If you think back at that moment, you mentioned George Bush. I mean, everybody was a George Bush fan yep. in, in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody was a Rudy Giuliani fan yeah. in the moment. That's changed. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> One of those things have changed a little bit. Uh, I, I, hopefully it doesn't take another tragic incident for us to pull together again. Well, there's no doubt. We, we, we are fans of our sports teams, uh, be it a Bears for John, the Rams for me, or you know, the Cowboys or the Saints or whoever you root for. We're looking forward to more talks like this on Friday mornings. JP, what do you, what do you got for the weekend? Uh, my son's sports. Uh, actually, going back to 9-11, it's kind of sad. I asked him, I said, do you know what a couple days what the significance of that day is? And he looked at me and he said, oh, I have a football game? And I <laughs> said, no. He's 13, so I had to remind him of the significance of 9-11. But yeah, just have a, a football game Saturday and he's in soccer, so that's Sunday. So well, that's good. where the fandom starts, that local level, that peewee football team, that high school football team, or, you know, we both played baseball in high school, John, you know, that's, those are the things, that's where that fandom starts at the local level. So get out there and watch a local high school football game this weekend if you can't turn on the TV and see a college or NFL game. Mike, who, Mike, who do the Dallas, who's Dallas playing next week? The Cowboys are at the Chargers next week, oh, so yeah. it's really a weird travel thing, Very, it's pretty demanding. Dallas all the way that way on the map uh, to go to Tampa. Come on home. Now they get it. They get some days in between, obviously, and then um, a week from Sunday that weekend go all the way to Los Angeles to uh, SoFi Stadium. So uh, it's it's demanding in that sense. And of course, the Chargers. It's not like they're necessarily bad. I don't, I don't think they will be. Then the Cowboys get three straight home games. That's their that's their reward for having to put up with the uh, early travel schedule. Did you travel on the road with them? For the last 10 years, uh, I've been fortunate enough not only to, to travel, but to be on the team plane, uh, which is a, a really special treat. Team plane, team bus, team hotel, the works. Uh, it's, it's just incredible. Now, COVID obviously has pulled the plug yeah. on some of that. Yeah. So um, we're a little, little more picky and choosy about how we travel and when we travel. But I, I look forward to some level of normalcy because yeah. it'll help me do my job. But it's also a riot. Yeah. It's, oh. it's also a blast yeah. to do my yeah. job. We, we look forward to some of those stories in the coming weeks. Yes, sir. <laughs> and lastly, have you had that beer with Mike McCarthy yet? No. Uh, and after the loss, I don't think any media people are going to be having any beers with Mike McCarthy. I want you to ask I, him uh, why he kicked that 60 yard Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we will have, uh, I, I will have Mike McCarthy press conference later today. Okay. And I can say, hey, uh, my mechanical hub guys, got some questions for you. Coach, yeah. so brace yourself. <laughs> right on. All right, Mike. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, man. Have a good weekend. Right, thanks, boys. Mike. Thank you. Mike. This Niagara Sports Hub has been sponsored by Niagara Toilets, which are backed by a 15-year warranty and pre-assembled for a 15-minute installation. Follow Mechanical Hub 
Mike Fisher, and Niagara on Facebook to get tips and updates throughout the week. Register to win a Traeger Grill at NiagaraSportsHub.com.